0: My fly-fishing enthrallment started one May day in 1956 on Connecticut's Saugatuck River when a brightly colored foot-long male brook trout took a gray ghost streamer I had tied myself, inexpertly I should add, loosely following Carrie Stevens' recipe, with an improvisational mix of feathers plucked from my grandparents' barred rock chickens. The brookie looked like a hand-painted ceramic tile, its colors almost neon in their brilliance. I don't recall much else about that day, but I remember that fish, its deliberate grab in deep water, and its give-and-take throb that traveled up my arm all the way to my heart. Corny as it sounds, I can't say whether I hooked that fish or it hooked me. It was a sweet moment because I had missed most of school that year, recuperating from corrective surgery on both feet. While my seventh-grade classmates were following their normal regimen of boisterous early teen activity— knee-high plaster casts kept me immobile for months on end. I was housebound, scuttling around like a crab, neglecting homeschooling assignments in favor of watching Hopalong Cassidy movies on television with my grandfather, devouring outdoor magazines and herders catalogs one after another, and keeping boredom at bay by the trial-and-error process of learning to tie flies. Though there were moments when I wasn't sure I'd ever walk again and thus would never be able to use the flies I was creating, I kept at it with a kind of bulldog determination, figuring that being close to a fishing-related process was better than not fishing at all. In that I was only partly correct, but given the right dose of optimism, there is nothing like repetitive activity to kill time, tedium, and ennui, all of which I had in spades. By mid-April, freed from cement boots, I was back in junior high school during the week and fishing on the weekends with impetuous abandon, trying to make up for what I'd lost and dimly guessed even then that I would never get back. To make room for more stream time, I even quit tying flies on a regular basis, a perverse overreaction I have always regretted. I made it to the Saugatuck that day by pestering my mother into chauffeuring me to Weston and then passing her time with a book while I worked a stretch of the stream around Cartbridge Road with my swap-shop outfit. It was a clunky fiberglass fly rod, a dinged-up Fluger metalist reel with a pocked grainy level line, to the end of which I had affixed a short liter of plain four-pound test monofilament cribbed from my spin outfit. In the large scheme of the day's global geopolitical events, Landing that trout was among the most minor of minor occurrences. And yet, though I could not have said why or how at the time, my life changed. Some shift, some axis tilt, some compass realignment, nearly imperceptible at first, took place that day and gradually intensified in the following decades. I don't fool myself that it was a full-blown, game-changing conversion —those came later in life and had nothing to do with fishing— But a door definitely opened, and I walked through it toward a life, or at least an aspect of life, that seemed not necessarily better than the one I owned, but different, perhaps more intriguing and tantalizing. Somehow a life with fly-fishing in it seemed a cheery prospect, and I doubt that back then I could have been more articulate about its appeal. But angle is everything, and although it was a long time before I caught another trout on a fly— That first one lit me up in such a way that I eventually weaned myself from spin-fishing and bait-casting, at which I had become deadly, in freshwater ponds and lakes and brackish estuaries and saltwater reaches of my home state. Plying creeks, brooks, streams and rivers in southwestern Connecticut and southern Vermont with a fly-rod was what I felt most moved to do, often at the expense of other, more pressing facets of my life, especially school, about which I was fairly indifferent. Discovering fishing at a young age is not unusual. Neither is passing from one style or form of fishing to another, nor is becoming a passionate, even obsessive practitioner. Such moves are among our Piscine Ur stories, our mythic angling evolutions. Almost every angler I know went through a similar experience, earlier or later, then or now. In those days, however, before the advent of Trout Unlimited, and when the Federation of Fly Fishers was not even a gleam in anyone's eye, my fly fishing was entirely self taught, which is to say it was a frustrating process of trial and error. My father did not fish or hunt on a regular basis, so I could not turn to him for anything but a hearty pat on the back and his encouragement to keep at it.